0: Thanks for listening to The Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you and encourages you to become more like Him. Well, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Everybody doing good? Let's welcome in our Sherwood campus right now. Let's give a big round of applause for them. Exciting times. If you were here last week, you know that, um, that Pastor Keith was here. And he actually had an opportunity to speak to us uh, in week one of what is one of my favorite subjects that we talk about here at Journey, and it's love your neighbor. And we talk about it a lot because all our initiatives around here are based on that one concept that there's people out there in the world that need to hear the dangerous message of Jesus. And he's petitioned us, he's commissioned us to do that work. And so today we're going to kind of pick up with week two of that. I'm really excited about this. Um, But I got a question. Has anybody ever watched or listened to uh, like any type of podcast, like, like, I don't care what it is, religious ones or whatever. Well, I have become um, kind of infatuated with true, true crime. Anybody else watch true crime? I love it when they go back. Nobody else likes it besides me. I'm the only strange one. I love when they go back to, to, to things that happened years and years and years ago, before we had all the technical stuff and DNA. And I mean, I've seen them where they've allowed people that have been captive for 26 years and how they let them free because the DNA evidence you know, that they thought they had wasn't there. But I was I was listening to this one a couple of weeks ago about it's about a woman named Kitty Genovese. and it's back in the 19 I think 1920s in um, in New York City, and what happened was she gets off of work real late at night I, I think she worked like as a bartender at a bar or something, and they she's about about I don't know quarter of a mile from her house and and, and she she pulls up into her little driveway of the apartment complex and somebody attacks her and 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 they they stab her and. There's people, she's screaming, there's people listening to her, and their uh, windows are open and all that kind of stuff. And, and two, two other times, in a, in a, before she deceased, two other times, she was stabbed, and she was yelling and screaming for help, and nobody came for help. And I thought to myself, what a tragedy. And the detectives came back and said this. In, in the moments that took place from about 3.45 to maybe uh, 4 o'clock, 38 different people, 38 different people viewed what was going on, and nobody did anything about it. Now, in, in New York City, there's actually a Genevieve's Law. It's if you do, if you see something happening and you don't do anything about it, you're just as guilty as the person committing the crime. And I say, yes, that should happen like that, right? But you know something? Don't applaud because I'm going to be all over you today for the same exact thing. Because I didn't realize this in the last couple of weeks as I've been studying the subject, everything we do in our life is based on what we do and what we don't do. Uh, Everything, every way that God looks at us in our lives is based on what we do and what we don't do. Last week, Pastor Keith talked about the Good Samaritan, did a phenomenal job. I would encourage you to go back and watch it. But but I was listening to it this past week and it was thoughts that came through my mind. That was a story that Jesus told. Remember, there was a political, uh, not a a spiritual uh, lawyer. He was very versed in the law. He was the one who was trying to catch Jesus in a little bit of a lie and he says, you know, so who is my neighbor? And Jesus says, I'm gonna tell you a story and it's gonna really kind of uh, tell the story of who the neighbor is. He said, there was, there was three men. There was a person that was laying there almost dead and three men walked by, two, which were religious in their own way. And then the Samaritan who was despised by the community. It was the Samaritan. We know, if you don't know, it's, it's, it's a really cool story. The Samaritan is the one that takes care of everything. He actually pays the, the inn to take care of him. Any more money, I'll be back through You know what, it was a story of of two people that didn't do anything. As a matter of fact, they walked on the other side of the street. They saw a need. You know, if the Genovese law was there in that moment, they would be both arrested for that, not taking care of that person. And the Bible is filled with these stories of people that do something. But you know what I found out? There's equal amounts of stories of people that didn't do anything. And God says it's important that we understand. Uh, the, The rich ruler, if you don't know much about the Bible, there's a story about a rich person in the Bible, is a rich young ruler. it says this in Mark chapter 10, verse 17. It says, as Jesus was starting on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down and asked, good teacher, what must I do to, in- to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked. Only, only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and mother. Teach the man, a uh, teacher, the man replied, I have obeyed all these commands since the young. And I bet you he's sitting there going, you know something, Jesus is going to tell me how good I am right now. He's going to high five me and say, come on. Right? How many people feel that way sometimes? That we're going to be judged on all the things, the do's and the, and the don't do's, right? The, like, I've checked that one off, i checked that one off. And then it, it says, this teacher, the man replied, I have obeyed all these commandments since I was young. Verse 21, looking at the man. Now, I love this line. Jesus felt genuine love for him. Right? Some some transcripts say sorrow because he had already known what the man was gonna do. And he says this, there's still one thing you haven't done, he told him. He said, go sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and then come follow me. I intentionally didn't put the next line because there's something that happens right here. The Bible says that the man dropped his head, looked away from Jesus and walked away with great remorse that he couldn't do that. This is another story of doing something or not doing something. And this man couldn't do something. He couldn't you know, take care of, like he was worried about his income and his houses and all the money he had. There was deep down inside, I think, a reverence for God. But he couldn't, he couldn't give that all up in the very moment that Jesus asked him to. Now, I want everybody to get this today because this is really, 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 really important. Okay? Understand that we will all stand Before a holy God one day. And we will give account for how we respond to the human needs of the world around us, the people around us, the people that we work with, the people that we see day in and day out. See, that's where we're going today. There's a passage in Matthew chapter 25, and we steer clear of this one because we're afraid it may apply to us. It's the story of the sheep and the goats. And this is what it says, but when the son of man comes in his glory, we sang a, a song this morning about we bow down and we lay our crown. That's one judgment, but there's another one. There's a judgment of what we do and what we don't do. And it says, all of the angels with him, they will sit upon his glorious throne and all the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate the people as a, sh- a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats and he will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. As I was reading this past week, I was thinking, what's the difference between the sheep and the goats? Well, what, what did one group do? And at a distance, I don't know if you've ever looked in a, in, in, in a pasture and you've seen goats and sheep. At a distance, it's hard to tell the difference. In first century Palestine, they literally had to bring them close so they would separate them because until it was shearing time, they didn't even know which one were sheep and goats because they looked so familiar. But the shepherd knew what they looked like. The shepherd knew exactly who the sheep and goats were. And he separates them. And this is how he separates them. He separates them based on the response that sheep or goats had to the human need of people that they saw around them. It was based on what we do and don't do. See, I'm not talking. Just, just, so everybody understands. Can you hear me? And if you're new to journey, like I'm not talking about a social gospel. I am not talking about you do enough good works you get to heaven. Because, listen, I'm, I'm quite aware of Romans Road and how it says that we've all sinned and all fallen short of God's glory. We have all by, cho- by choice and by birth we have fallen away from God. Somebody say Amen, right? We are all in sin. We get that, right? And Paul says, listen, it's by faith that you're saved, not by works, lest any man should boast. But he also talks about when you have faith, you have to do something with it. And I think somehow or another, we have gotten trapped in this, this first world mentality that, listen, I'm saved. I was at Mimos church. I walked an aisle. I filled out a card. I did whatever. And that's all there is to it. And I'm telling you, you are going to be in big, like, like eye-opening experience when we're standing before a holy God. And he goes, what did you do? What did you do? Let that sink in for a second. As we come to church and we put in our our hour, right? We we maybe, we write a little check out in a minute or you did it online because it's really cool to do it online now. Does that really even? Jesus makes it perfectly clear. In the last days, we'll be judged on based on what we do and don't do. Here's a fact. When we stand before the throne of God, I don't know what it's going to look like. I've never been there, okay? I don't know if it's going to be like all gold and there's going to be a big screen TV behind it and it's all the things that we've done wrong, come across, I don't know how it's going to work. I've read so many books about it, I'm confused at what happens. I do know this, Jesus will be there. And Jesus is going to judge every one of us, right? Um, And it's not going to be, the judgment, how he grades us is not going to be based on the denomination you go to or the church you go to. Like, I don't think you're gonna walk up there and go, I go to Journey. And he's gonna go, high five, that's a great church. Come on in. Like, music is amazing there. The preaching, Phew. If more preachers did not, you know, like, come on in. It's not, it's, it's, it's not gonna be, I don't think he's gonna even ask what church you go to. It's not gonna be how you voted on Tuesday. He doesn't care if you voted for Stacy or for, for Brian. Well, he may care a little bit, but he's not going to go, oh, good choice. That was the one. Yep. He doesn't care how much you make. Your judgment, my judgment is not going to be based on my income, how many many numbers I have in my my checking account. By the way, I know these people. It's not based on how many conferences you've gone to either. If you've gone to enough conferences, marriage conference this, church growth conference, it doesn't make a difference. Hey, let me throw another one, and I have a bookshelf. It doesn't make a difference how many books about Jesus you have on your shelf or how cool it looks when people walk in your house and they go, wow. It doesn't matter how many times we use Jesus in the conversation. Let me tell you the best one. It doesn't make a difference what worship set you have on your Spotify list. That is not getting you into heaven. I feel like I could be wrong on this. Hell is gonna be filled with people that sometimes go, I look like a churchgoer. I look like a Jesus follower. And then heaven is going to be filled with people that we go, how did you get here? Look at some of you. Do I really need to say any more? Right? That's why I love about our church. Listen, we will be graded on according to response, the response that we make to the needs of others. Let me give you one line. It's what you do with your life. It's how you respond. to We'll be graded on that. Showing compassion, by the way, showing compassion is something anyone can do. You don't have to have a lot of money. You don't have to have a lot of prestige. You don't have to have a college education. You don't have to have a high school education. You know something? You don't even have to complete it, any of the school stuff. Compassion is just something you do because it's deep down inside you because it's based on what we know. It takes little Really, little or nothing as far as education money to be a person of compassion. That's the first thing. We're gonna stand before God and we're gonna be judged on something. We all clear on that one? So I'll get nice now. Okay, that one's the tough one. The second thing is, we should never, ever overlook the small opportunities to do good. I think sometimes we're looking for the grand and glorious, the big opportunities, and God's saying, "What, what have you done with the little things? This is what it says, when the king said, Uh, will say to those on his right, come, you are blessed by my Father. inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Did you notice there was no mission trips there? There there was no no, like speaking in front of thousands. It, It was just the little things that we do. Jesus is saying, don't overlook the little things, the little opportunities that he gives each and every one of us, every day of our lives to do good with the things around us. So just by a show of hands, anybody ever felt overwhelmed by all that goes on in the world besides me? Okay, just so we're on the same sheet of music. There was a time in my life when I considered it an issue with being, you know, people that were hungry or people in poverty. And over, it was overwhelming. Like, what am I going to do? I, 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 can't, I can't fund every project in the world. As a matter of fact, you know, countless people come walking through the doors of our church that have big needs and we can't meet, like not every need, we can't fix, and this is what I've learned. You can't fix everyone. We can't fix all the problems in the world. But we can fix one. We can fix the one that's around us, the person that lives next door to us, our neighbor. We can fix maybe the person that works at, Kroger, we can help them out with when we find out the need. We can't fix, you know, we, we can't do the whole, see, everybody, this is what I've learned, everybody knows someone who could use a little help financially. Somebody, no? I mean, there's probably, I, I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand, but there's probably people in this room right here that could use a little bit, a little bit of help, especially during the holidays, right? How about this? Everyone here knows someone who's lonely and would appreciate a visitor. I got a phone call this past week from a friend of mine that um, lives in another state and said, listen, can you go visit my brother? He's he's lonely. I was like, you know something? I can't change the whole world and I can't reach everybody's problem, but I can go to that one person and just love on that one person, right? Everyone here knows someone that's sick and would appreciate a word of cheer. Every I would almost guarantee statistics show that everybody in this room knows somebody that's in prison or somebody that knows somebody that's in prison. You can't fix everything, but you can... You can visit that one person, you can pray for that one person. you can write a card out for them. It's the little things. I was reading a story this past week about a fifth grader. Her name was Ruby Kate Chitzy. and what she did was she started this thing, and I'm going to the three wishes for Ruby's residence, and her mom worked in, in like a, a home a home care for elderly people and and she was she would ask them like what, what, what do you need what, 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 what you yeah. and And it wasn't they didn't need millions of dollars. You know what they ask for? They ask for little things. They ask for things like, I would like a Big Mac. Like, Amen. When I'm dying, I want a Big Mac. My wife won't let me eat them right now. I want a Big Mac. French fries, large. Vanilla milkshake, the biggest they make. Put whipped cream on the top, yes. It, it was the little things. They, some of the the, 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 the the people that lived there had dementia and they would ask for baby dolls. They would ask for neck pillows. It was a little thing. And what happened is, that little act of kindness spurred something big. As, as a matter of fact, I believe it spurred a movement because what happened is five other uh, healthcare uh, providers started doing this same, same thing. And, and, and I was thinking about somewhere along the line, something happened. Her compassion turned into curiosity. There was some moment where she realized that the littlest thing can make the biggest difference. See, showing compassion begins with the willingness, the willingness to do good. Just saying, like, it's here I am, God. Use me however you want to use me. Anybody ever hear of a guy uh, by the name of Bob Geldorf? Raise your hands if you've ever heard of him. Some, some of you. Anybody ever hear of Live Aid? Okay, he's the one that started Live Aid. So he was with a band called the Boomtown Rats. They were a punk rock band. They were one of my favorite bands, by the way. They sang a song, I Don't Like Mondays. I don't like Mondays. Tell me why, tell me why. No, I don't like Mondays. So every Monday I walk in and go, I don't like Mondays. But he was sitting there watching TV one night and he sees this huge, just, just huge need in Ethiopia because of all the starving people in Ethiopia. And you know what's funny? Thousands, maybe millions of other people, religious people saw it. There was probably evangelicals watching. There was probably some Baptists. I mean, there was all these people watching it. But one like indignant, like, like over the top punk rock guy said, I've got to do something about that. 100 million dollars later. You know it's funny? The majority of the people that got the hundred million dollars were churches, but it took somebody that had just a little bit of compassion for human, human nature, just for, for the people that, that were in another part of the, you know, the world that were, were starving. It was just a one little thing. Can I, can I tell you something? You may want to write this down because I can sense a little bit of overwhelm and like, oh my gosh, what is he going to ask me to do? I'm not asking you to underwrite the operating budget for World Vision today. I'm not asking you to to give $100,000 or $200,000 to beautiful feet so we can do all the projects we want. I'm not doing that. But you know what? You can sponsor one kid, right? Maybe you can't, but you can do for one. Nobody is asking anybody in this room to develop a strategy for prison reform. It's been bad for a long time. But you can visit one person, right? No no one's asking you to save the entire world. Nobody's asking me to do that today. But you can reach out to one person, the little things. What would happen if we did that? When the opportunity presents itself, do something, even if it's small. Let me give you the third thing. Whatever we do, we need to do it for the right reasons. Okay? Matthew chapter 25. Then the righteous ones will reply. I love this. Lord, when? When? How cool would it be that we said the same thing? When? When do we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you're doing it for me. You know what they were doing? They were doing it not in need of a receipt. They weren't going, "Okay, Pastor Bobby, I just gave a lot of money. Can you give me a receipt so I can take it as a tax write-off?" Now, it's fine that you do that, right? Right? Okay. But if that's the only reason we're doing it, keep your money. Like, I don't mean that to be ugly today. I did not wake up being a jerk. I woke up a winner this morning. Go dogs. I woke I went to bed. Not sure we were going to win. I woke up this morning a winner. So I don't have an edge today. But you know what, some people are like, almost like, I need a receipt. I need a tax write off I need to be seen. You need to call me on stage. Look at my gift. Like, hey, by the way, put a big check in the box over here. Big check. Big one. Got two zeros. That's not a big one. But you know what I'm saying, don't you? They didn't know that they were scoring points. Did you sense that? Like, when do we do that? It wasn't like, like okay, I, I'm checking the box. I'm getting on. That wasn't their motive. Their motive was simply to respond with compassion to a human need. They didn't ask for a receipt. They didn't attempt to get a document. They weren't asking for stage recognition. They just did it because the need was there and they needed to do it. Many times, many times you do good for others. I do good. We receive something good in return, right? But that shouldn't, right? Like, thank you. Like I love thank yous. I, I'm big into gratitude. I love, I love being extravagantly, extravagantly generous, and I love when people say thank you. That's all I need in return. Thank you. Um, a couple years ago, I was reading a story, and it was about a guy that was walking down the road, and it was in another state, and he um, came across a car that was stuck in a snowdrift. Um, if you're from the south, a snowdrift. is when the, the wind blows the snow, not that one inch that we get here, inches, right? And the snow drift, the wind blows and it gets real high. And sometimes what happens in the North, we have, we have this thing, we have, we have they're, they're called plows. And they go up and down the road and they plow the snow and sometimes cars get stuck. Well, this guy sees this, this person and the car is stuck. And he goes, you know something, I'm walking, out. I, I can help, her. I'll push her out. So he digs her out, digs her out, digs her out, digs her out and he pushes the car out. Thank you. Goodbye, have a great day. That was it. A month later, he goes into the bank. And when he gets into the bank, he's going for a loan for his business. He's got this great idea. He goes in for this loan. And he walks into the office and guess who is the person sitting at the decks? It's the lady that he pushed out. She said, you know something? I'm giving you the loan, no questions asked. Did he do it for that reason? Nope, he did it without a receipt. But you know what happens when we do good things? Good things return to us. Good things, that's scriptural. You can't outgive God. Not just in your money, in your time, in your talent, in your mercy, in your forgiveness, in everything you do, you can't outgive God. Often, when we have the chance to help people, we expect something in return. Showing compassion, right? Let's just do it. Not, no points. It's not about getting leverage on somebody. Like, hey, I got something on you. Don't you remember that day? It's not that either. Listen to what it says in Matthew chapter 6 1. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose your reward from your father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do it as the hypocrites. I love this. By blowing a trumpet. Did y'all see what he just? I don't know how to play a trumpet, so is that pretty close? Watch this. I tell you the truth. They have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. Isn't that cool? We don't have to do it for any reason. to get uh, for, I would rather have the applaud from one than the applaud from many. I would rather God go, Let me give you the last, I think this is the last thing. Maybe it's not. Yeah, it's the last thing. I got four more. I just, I'm looking at my clock and i time. I'm just kidding. Make the most, some of you are going, what? Make the most of every opportunity and never exclude anyone from our acts of compassion. The real underlining point there is don't exclude anyone. I, I love what it says. Then the king will return to those on the left and say, away, this is the, the goats with you. You cursed ones into eternal fire." Fire, prepared for the devil and his demons. Um, That's a whole nother message right there, by the way. Um, And it says, for I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me much to drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your house. I was naked and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, "Get get, get a load of this. This is big right here. Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? It was almost like they were saying this. If I would have known it was you, I would have done it. Like Jesus, if it was you, I would have done it. Like, why didn't you announce that it was you? Why didn't you just tell me it was you? It's because we shouldn't look at anybody with anything other than compassion. Even if they've screwed up. I was thinking about this. And it says in Matthew chapter 25, Verse 45, it says, and then he will answer, I tell you the truth, when you refuse to help the least of these. Okay. Can we just try to define for a minute what the least of these is? Because I think we struggle with that sometimes. Who would you consider the least, the least of these in the world we live in? But what would what's the first thing that pops your mind? For me, I'll give you, I wrote down four. The least of these a lot of times is those who have choices, Their choices, their personal choices have put them in difficult positions. And I go, you're getting what you deserve, right? You screwed up, your fault. That's the least of these. By the way, we're all that way. Just in case you needed a little friendly reminder from the pastorate journey. That's all of us. How about this? How about those, the least of these, those who live in a country whose politics Disagree with yours, least of these. How about this? Those who belong to a different denomination or a religion that's different, least of these. But I summed it up with this one. I think this is the best one. The least of these is those who will never be able to pay you back. They'll never be able to pay you back for anything. That's what he's talking about. I don't believe we have the permission to exclude anyone from our acts of compassion. And you wanna know something? That's why we do what we do around here. So can I just have, I don't know, five minutes, five more minutes, and can I just tell you why we do some things and what we do around here? Here's the first thing. I think there's gonna be some pictures maybe. Engaged. This is why we do engaged. I don't know that there's gonna be pictures or not. I'm just assuming there is. There is. My assistant's saying yes. Engaged. Engaged. It's where we spend a week, as a church, going across our community, and taking care of the least of these—people that can't do for themselves, people that would never repay us. We build we build construction projects. We go into schools and we give kids that don't have enough money. We we do what's called Second Saturday. Well, um, Saturday Sacks. I got to be careful how quick I say that. Saturday Sacks. Which pause. It's funny as I'll get out. Just saying. I make myself laugh sometimes. Never repays. It, oh gosh. I apologize. Not for what I just said. I'm not apologizing for that. My wife's in the back. She's actually running the screen like I can hear her. I can see her eyes. Stop it. That's why we do Night to Shine, y'all. If you don't know what Night to Shine is, it's a prom that we put on here, a dance that we put on for people in our community with special needs. The least of these. I saw it this morning. One of, our, one of our special guests actually announced to the world who his buddy is, who is going to be a chaperone to the entire free world and said, this person is going to be mine because they look forward to it every year. As a matter of fact, I think today, volunteer, um, if you would like to volunteer, it's opened up today. And you can go to the What's Happening page or the there's actually a, a, a live link for Night to Shine. We call it around here with our staff. It's, the, it's our favorite night of the year because we get to love on people. We get to dance with people. We get to act like idiots, which doesn't take very long. I, I'd encourage you. We do that. We do that for a group of people that they'll never pay us back. And then we do it for their moms and their dads and their caregivers. So I would encourage you, get a, get a, um, grief share. I was thinking about that this morning. Tonight, as a matter of fact, we have a grief share event here. Grief share is for people that have lost loved ones, but tonight is surviving the holidays and lots of people, right? Lots of people. This is the toughest part of the year going into the holidays because they lost a loved one. And I would encourage you, if that's you, Man, we have an, a special event tonight. You go to What's Happening. I think it starts at six o'clock right here. Just come, show up. It's great. I know what it's like. I lost my grandmother who was everything. Like it was Christmas. Like I, like I remember the Sears and Roebuck catalog and her, you know, here's a hundred dollars. You can buy And Like and when that happened, I was like, I'm not getting anything else from Sears and Roebuck ever now. Do we, you guys even know what Sears and Roebuck is? Like some of you are like, what? How about this? Angel tree. It's going on right now. It's for people, we help people that can't necessarily buy for their kids or their grandkids. And you can go pick up today. You can actually, I would encourage you as soon as the service is over, go over there across by where the big windows and grab a couple angels. You buy some presents. We do this big event in here. It's like a shopping spree at Toys Tours R Us. We do it at both of our campuses. I'd encourage you to serve somewhere in that area. Operation Backpack is what we do in the summertime right before kids go back to school, right? Um, Some of these kids can't afford it. And so we actually have been the last couple of years, we supply the schools with hundreds of backpacks. So when they see a need, they can just take care of a kid in their school. It's another great thing. Second Saturday, second Wednesday, uh, it's for people, uh, we we serve people that have food insecurities. And I didn't realize that our community, though it seems to be very affluent, is not. We have title, um, section one housing and title, you know, uh, situations in our community. And there's lots of people. I think it's over 100 families between, um, in this location, 100 families down at the South Augusta location when we do it down there. So I'd encourage you, get involved in something there. The care center. I'll be honest with you. At first, they were telling me what the care center does down there, and I was like, why are we doing that? But it makes perfect sense. They put washers and dryers in there because people, not just food insecurities, they can't wash their clothes. They don't have a place to wash their clothes. So we have Somebody donated washers and dryers. Somebody donates once a month uh, showers. They bring a portable shower down there so people can have a shower. So they're, we're, we're cl- all this stuff's going on. This is, these are people that never, ever will be able to pay. They'll never be able to pay us back. We just linked arms with uh, what's called prepare for babies. You probably saw it on social media this this past week. We're doing cribs and diapers and, and play, pack and plays and all that kind of stuff. This is for women in crisis that choose life. Did you hear me? With all this other arguing going on, these are women in crisis that are choosing life and we get to help them. So it's actually a couple that comes to our church. You can go to a link. Uh, you can go to our social media outlets. And then I was thinking about this. Every missions trip that we go on, we're doing for people that never pay us back, least at least. West Virginia, some of you have gone there, great trip. I think we're taking 42 trips next year to West Virginia. I don't, not really, it's like three, but. But we work with churches up there, we work with a community uh, up there that we've been developed a relationship, Miami. We go down to Homestead and we, we're working in migrant uh, refugee camps. It's amazing. We used to go to Haiti and Dominican Republic. As a matter of fact, I'll be flying tomorrow looking for a new opportunity for us in the Dominican Republic. Tracy and myself, our missions pastor, are leaving tomorrow, and we're going to look because we feel like God has commissioned us to do unto the least of these people that could never pay us back. That's compassion. That's apparently what's going to be one of the driving forces in the judgment. I believe we're going to stand before God. If I can just be as honest as I can be for a second. I believe there's gonna be a couple things that we're gonna be judged for, okay? Here's the first one. Whether we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Okay, let me make this perfectly clear. Whether we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. You're not, we're not, I'm not getting in any other way except for making Jesus number one in my life. That means I recognize that I'm sinner from birth and by choice, That I need a savior, that why I was still a sinner, Christ gave his life for me. That he becomes big word, propitiation. He becomes everything. He is the atonement for my sins. He's the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. And I have to ask him to take his rightful places. Number one, we will be judged on that. Okay? Are we good? Second thing is, I think we'll be judged on what we see in the world and what we do with it. The compassion, that we have for the world around us I love the way Matthew 25 just as good as I can say it I'll say it use scripture God's living breathing word it says this the master said this is what I want to hear y'all well done good and faithful servant you've been faithful in handling the small amount so now I will give you many more responsibilities let's celebrate isn't that powerful that I'm going to walk up. He's going to say, one other another reward? When you're walking around heaven, you go, do I know you? And they go, because of your compassion, I'm here right now. Because you gave to that thing, because you demonstrated compassion to the world, I'm here right now. I didn't know I did that. I when did When did I do that? When did I do that? What you've done to the least of these. You've done unto Jesus. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for this moment. Thank you this moment we can have candid conversations about what's really going to happen. But I also thank you, God, that your Holy Spirit's here. And I sense your Holy Spirit. And I know that you're doing something in this church and you want this church to be something in our community. Not so I can have name recognition or people can recognize journey, but people would recognize Jesus in your lives. So today, maybe there's some folks here that have never made that decision to follow Christ. we just wanna, you know, extend that invitation. You can do it right where you're at. You don't have to, have a pastor with you. You don't have to have any special card or anything. Just say, Jesus, I want you to take that number one place in my life. I've tried to do it on my own. I've screwed it up. Today, I give you my life. For others, that we would just ask the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us in the direction that he wants us to. be. God, I thank you for all of our locations, our campuses, our Sherwood campus, that we are reaching lost people in Augusta, our, our online campus that's reaching people all across the world, and our our Evans campus that in this community has just made such an impact. And I pray that you would continue to do that in and through us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or want to talk to someone about taking your next step, email us at nextsteps at journeycommunity.net.